Hi, listener. Thank you for listening to The People, a podcast about people. For this episode, me and my guests recorded via video chat, and so the audio quality may not be as good for that reason. Just a heads up. Hope you enjoy the episode. The people. The people. Thank you for joining me on The People, a podcast about people. My name is Blessing. Joining me, we have Daramola, aka D Flow. What's up, Daramola? Yo, I'm good. How you doing, bro? I'm doing good. How you been, man? I'm good. Okay, first, look, I, I need to say this real quick. So it's, I guess it's it's now FKA as in formerly known. Well, I don't know. I'm trying to get away from the name D-Flow. It's, yeah. it's a bit, because everybody, like my mom calls me Flow. Like she hits me up and she's like, hey, D-Flow. I'm <laughs> like, yo, it's damn all, <laughs> you know. But uh, but yeah, it's, it's whatever, though, man. What's going on with you, man? How you doing? I've been, I've been pretty good. Um... Yo, having me on, on your on your podcast about the people yep so basically like what i tell people um when i'm trying to explain this podcast i say that it's a podcast sort of like it's like a mixture between humans of new york and um freakonomics if you know what freakonomics is um yes, I do. yeah I but it's not as good as either of those and so like it's basically exactly. it's basically almost like a bootleg version of those two mixed together um okay. but that's that's basically what i'm trying to do um uh, and so for the people who are listening for the first time, the people is basically is basically a show about people. Uh, every day we pass by people on the street, we see people on the bus, we work with people, yet we don't really know these people, and that is why the people is a show that aims to delve into the lives of people that we share this world with. And so, if you like that, if you're listening, you can find the show on iTunes or your preferred podcast service. If you like updates on the show, you can follow me at Blessing Junior on Twitter. That is at Blessing Jr. This is episode two. So you get to be my second guest on this episode. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I'm I'm honored. Yeah, Honor man. Is mine. So tell <laughs> people what do you do? Man, I am um I am a multi many type person. What is that? What does that even mean? Multi many. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> um, I am um a music producer, um singer songwriter, um, occasional rapper, um, mostly a singer though. Um, I also run uh, a website called howtobecool.com, which is pretty much an entertainment-based website and pop culture. And, um, yeah, that's really the bulk of what I do, you know. What What do you feel like your main thing is right now? Because you're made of many, many hats, it seems like. Um, and what do you, Yeah, what do you feel like is that is that one that, that's, like, kind of your driving force? You know, honestly, the driving force is music, to be honest. I mean, over over the years, it's been, like, it's switched back and forth. But, you know, I think it's music has just been the main thing, the one thing that has stayed consistent over the years. You know, um, of course, I went to school and I got my education and all those things. But even in that process, music was still what kept me going. You know, and I've been doing music professionally since 2008. And, um, yeah, just music, man, just music. So at, at this very moment... I'm, like, just on the music thing, you know? Man. So, like, so people don't know this, and I don't even know if you know this, but, like, you're, like, one of my, pro- one of my favorite producers, probably my top five favorite Christian producers. And so, like, because I know you from, well, like, you, well, when you produce for, you produce for Lecrae, who's pretty, who's, like, really huge. You produce for, uh, 
you produced for Andy Minio before. It's also pretty huge. Yeah. I know you personally. Well, I know you from Social Club. That's why I first heard heard your stuff. Yeah. Um, I think it was two. I when did when did Misfits come out? Misfits one. Yeah, I think Misfits was two thousand and twelve. Yeah, so I oh. think. Because I know it came out in like the fall of like I th- I think yeah it was two thousand twelve either two thousand twelve or two thousand eleven I can't remember which, but like I remember it was like the fall after Misfits came out and I heard it and I was like, yo this is actually kind of dope. Which is like not something I say about a lot of Christian rap, like yeah. like Christian like I'm like I'm a very I'm a very big fan of Christian rap, but like I'll be the first to admit that a lot of it is like uh, like it depends. Yeah, yeah, like a lot of it is like questionable, but like um, Social Club. I remember I can't remember where I heard of them first. I think I I might have heard like Marty on um an Alex Faith song or something like that. I don't even know where, but like yeah. I remember listening. I think I was at school, uh, and I saw, I was just on YouTube, or I was on Rapzilla or something, and I saw Social Club, and I was like, these guys look look interesting, because I saw the album art for Misfits mm-hmm. 1, and I was like, mm-hmm. these dudes look, they kind of remind me of, of Odd Future, or something like that, then I clicked mm-hmm. on the song, I, I clicked on their album, actually, Misfits 1, and it was like a YouTube video um, of like the the whole album, or mixtape, or whatever, and I started listening to it, and I was like, okay, these dudes, these dudes are different, and it's different, like good, different, not like bad, different. Like they're like a little bit, a little bit weird, a little bit out there, but still kind of dope, still kind of rocks with it. And like the YouTube video I listened to, um, it was of course a video of the whole album, but it was like the the arrangement of it was weird. And so like they they had the songs out of order, and the first song that came up was Chocolate Bob Chocolate Bobka, which I'm pretty sure is a song that you produced, right? It's yeah. one of, it's one of my favorite favorite Social Club songs. Talk a little bit about like how did you get into producing? Like, what what was that process of of like first um, getting to produce for Lecrae and Andy and partnering up with Social Club and getting produced for these different names? Man, I, I um so I'll put it this way, and this is this is the one thing a lot of people don't know, but um I grew up in I was born into a musical family and. Everybody says that, but my mom was a professional, is still a professional musician back in Nigeria, and um, she had like a couple of hit records, you know, back in the day, and um, that was really my my way into music. My uncle um, played uh, in the band for Ebenezer Obe, and he was like some like throwback OG musician guy who used to tour the world like back in the day. So he was like one of like the like leading like African entertainers like back in the day, you know. So um, the entire family was sort of, you know, just in the whole music thing. And so I grew up into that, you know. Um, I was rapping since like way back. I can remember. I can remember like clearly back in like two thousand and one, like trying to like try my hand at like writing my writing lyrics and like going to the studio and stuff. And um, my first experience in a professional studio was like. Uh, in, in elementary school, actually, what well, we call it primary school in Nigeria, you know, and uh, it was it was back home that is. So it was. I remember going to the studio to do some voiceovers for my mom's album back in the day, you know. So I I've been I've been involved in music for a minute, and then I moved out to I came out to, I moved out to England to complete my high school education, and I connected with this one producer out there, dude, like super super cool guy, like it was crazy, like he showed me a few things about drum and bass music and stuff came back to Nigeria and then came to the U S to, you know, pursue my, um, university education. 
And then in 2000 and 2007, when I first got here, I was still like rapping, but I was also making my own beats. And then by 2008, I was like, I just like I hung my gloves, my rapping gloves. And I was like, you know what? I was going to focus on, focus on producing music. And, um, I would like travel, like, you know, I tweeted, I put something on Twitter the other day and I was like, yo, a lot of like these producers these days are super lazy. Like the internet, the internet is a, is a gift and a curse. Like I'm a big lover of the internet. I think it's beautiful. I think social media is a beautiful thing for people who want to see the good, you know, I want to see the benefits um, versus like the negative stuff that that's on it. But, um, I remember like, I remember the Cray concert in Maryland I remember going to the Great Concert. Like I was in Alabama. My cousin stayed in Maryland. It was in the summer. So I flew over to Maryland and like drove to his concert to go chill. I remember having a CD with like my number. I was like, yo, check out my beats. Um, I handed it back then to Show Baraka, who was still in the team. You know, I gave him, I was like, yo, make sure you give me some Lecrae. I have like hot beats and blase blase. And I didn't hear I, I didn't hear back from there. This is like two thousand eight summer. Mm-hmm. And then um I went to school in Alabama, by the way. So in 2009, uh, Tadashi Tadashi had um, his album release party or something like that in Nashville, right? So I remember him like performing and going in, and uh, Derek Minor, who was known, I think his name was Pro. Back yeah, in the day. Pro. Yeah. Wait, before his name was Pro, didn't he have another name? I can't remember. I I never really followed him. Yeah, like, so I think he said it was, I, don't, I can't remember. Anyways, I had a CD and I had a note and I put, like, I drove, me and my, a couple of my friends, we drove from Alabama and I put on a note. Um, I was like, hey, you know, hit me up, uh, Lecrae. I gave you my CD back in 2008 and you know, I didn't get a response. I hope you like what you hear. You know, and I gave them the CD. And, like, two weeks later, I'm, like, on campus. I was working as a tutor on campus. I used to teach mathematics and whatnot. And I got a phone call. And it's like, yo, what's going on? It's Lecrae. I'm like, oh, for real? You know what I'm saying? And we just, we had like a solid, it was like a solid 30 to 45 minute conversation. And um, I guess he was trying to, he was trying to, I guess, you know, know where I was, you know, where I was at that moment and just faith wise and, and whatnot. You know, so it was, it was a nice little conversation and everything else, everything else from there was, was history. You know, I connected with him and, um, I can start connecting with other rappers like Flame. I connected with Flame on Facebook. <laughs> that was mm-hmm. hilarious. I remember he had put up a status and I, I re- e- uh, emailed him and I was like, yo, look, my name's D Flow. I have connections with this, 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 and that. I'll send you three beats. If you don't think they're hot, don't respond. Then he gave me his email. That was it. That was it. I promise. <laughs> Man, mm-hmm. I, I just. I shot him the beats and he just hit me up. Asa, he's like, yo, this is a breath of fresh air. Like, he's like, she was your number, you know? And, um, yeah, you know, I, I, uh, connected, gave him my number and we just went back and forth, you know, and I worked with Fizzle and I just pretty much started working with everybody like, that was so prominent back then, like Fizzle, uh, Jason, Flame. Then I got my first placement with Lecrae in 2000 and, 11 10 i think 2010 uh, i think it was it was either 10 or 11 and it was the song um, anger management featuring fizzle on his rehab the overdose album um which won- got me a dove award so i'm a dove award winning producer um which was super dope you know um yeah you know that was how i really got into producing and of course back then i was really on the whole you know i'm a you know christian rapper christian producer vibe 
I mean, obviously, I've grown out of that reality. Uh, and not necessarily that it's a bad thing. I think it's dope. For me, I'm just in a space in my life where, you know, music to me now is as much as as much as it's a passion, it's also a job, mm-hmm. you know. And, and so because of that, you know, I'm, I'm embracing the idea that, you know, this is, you know, like I'm 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 I'm, a, I'm just a producer, you know. I'm a, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a singer, you know. Like people are gonna, you know, just pretty much all that stuff. So I think it just makes things a lot easier. You know, I don't really care for like because there's a lot of chatter about whether or not you know. Oh my God, some people use this and some people don't use that and whatnot. But I, I just really don't care for that stuff. I don't focus. So let me ask, like backing up a little bit, how, how did it feel like to land a song uh, for Lecrae? Like, were you were you kind of were you a Lecrae fan at the time? Were you kind of aware about like? how like this dude is like the top of christian rap or like or was it what one of those things like i don't even really know who lecrae is or like how how did that feel no it was dope it was a, it was a great opportunity like me and me and lecrae like I, you, know, you have to understand like i went for a show you know i went to the lecrae show so it was like yo and it's funny because like i've never like i don't go to like i really don't go to shows you know but i did go for that show i went, I went for one in maryland i went for the other one in Nashville. So I was a fan, man. Like, you know, Craze Craze been doing his thing for a minute, you know. Mm. And early Craze is like were like super dope to me. You know what I'm saying? Like especially in that time in my life, I needed that substance in music. You know, and those guys were serving it on like a beautiful silver platter called hip hop music. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. And it was it was super dope. So working with Lecrae, like getting that placement was like, yo, like I freaking landed on a Lecrae placement, you know. <laughs> And think about it, you know, and, you know, he's, Lecrae's, like, heavily blessed, man, because right now, if you land Lecrae placement, it's as big as landing a mainstream placement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, basically. Which, I mean, Lecrae's basically mainstream. You know, I guess the, people need to stop with the comparisons or whatnot, but you get my point. It's like, that's mainstream. Yeah, def- like, I, mean, I was at work the other day, I, and I work at, um, right now I'm working at Starbucks um, headquarters, uh, doing, like, administrative stuff, right? And I'm at lunch, and I'm just chilling. Um, like, I'm chilling in sort of, like, their common area, um, which is a really nice common area because it's Starbucks headquarters. But I'm just chilling, and, like, all of a sudden on the radio comes on uh, All I Need Is You by Lecrae. And I was like, yeah. like, in my mind, I'm just like, yo, that's kind of crazy because, like, me, um, I've been listening to Christian rap since 2007, um, mm-hmm. which is, like, that's when, I think, After the Music Stops by Lecrae came out. And so, like, Lecrae... Yeah. Like Lecrae wasn't that big back then. Like he, like in the Christian rap sphere, like he was kind of big, but like, yeah. like Christian rap wasn't really anything at that point. Like n- not like it is now. Like back then, Christian rap was like this thing that like black dudes came like listen to because the, they felt bad about listening to any other kind of rap. And so like, um, just to think back of like, yo, I used to listen to represent, um, represent Get Crunk. I used to dude, I used to listen to that hardcore and I was on the church dance team. Dude, I was on the dance team and we used to dance to that. That um there's a song called The King featuring Flame. Um used to listen to it all the time. Um and we and I used I used to dance to that all the time because I cause I dance and stuff. Um Dude, and those songs like those those songs shaped my um my high school years. Cause I think I was in high yeah, I was just yeah, I was in high school back then. And so, like, like Lecrae, uh, After Music Stops, um, Rehab, or what was it before Rehab? Rebel, Rehab. 
was it? What was it? Was it real? Oh, real, real talk? talk? Yeah, real, real talk. Yeah, yeah. That's what Represent was on. Yeah. So like those albums shaped sort of like my youth group experience, which had like a huge, huge impact, um, on mm-hmm. on like on the on those four years of my life in high school and even in college yeah. too, actually, because I because I still listen to the Korean college and stuff. Um, but yeah, like to to fast forward to now, list like hearing Lecrae on the radio, uh, mm-hmm. on like these hip hop stations that don't even like even try to be Christian, right? Just like these like regular hip hop stations. That's yeah. a crazy, crazy like evolution of of uh, Christian rap and hip hop in general, I guess. Um, and so, how did you end up like like I think because you you did you did Lecrae right. Um, mm-hmm. you did Andy Minio. How did you end up on Andy Minio? You produced Bitter, right? Yeah, I, I, I co I co produced Bitter um, with um my one of my one of my dudes, um, Alex Medina. Um, Alex Medina is a producer also. Um, he currently works as I think the creative or art director of Reach Records. Dude, Alex Medina is dope because I follow that dude on Twitter. That dude yeah, is Alex, creative. Alex is very creative, yeah. So, you know, me and Alex, we, uh, Alex hits me up, and he's like, hey, what do you think about this record? And, um, you know, we pretty much had the acapella, because I think that was a record that Andy previously had on the mixtape. And they just needed a, a new feel, a new vibe to it. And that was pretty much it. You know, we worked on it, and, um, yeah, we went back and forth. I did my little thing. I did my thing on the beat. He did his thing. He added his own little things. And that was a placement. It was it was pretty much that straightforward. I didn't. It's funny because I never met Andy Minio until last year, actually. You know, I, I never met Andy until last year. I went to I was in um I went to Atlanta to work. I was working on I was working at Ti's Ti's studio, Grand Hustle, and um, I happened to find time. You know, saying so uh, and the very first day, I think I was with a couple of other producer friends, and we all went out there. And um, yeah, man, out there, it was, it was cool vibes. Yeah. Oh wow, that's pretty much it. So, uh, what year, what year did that album even come out? Like 2012, something like that. 2011, 12. Was it 12? Was it 13? 13? Was it really that? It can be that recent. Could it really? Maybe yeah, it was. Yeah. Huh. It was, yeah. So, uh, how did you end up? Um, I guess we'll I guess, I guess we'll go to uh, Social Club from there. So like how how do you end up getting to work at Social Club? Cuz you have I think you have more of um of a relationship and influence with Social Club uh, than like with really any other uh yeah. Christian, Christian Christian artist like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Social Club was uh, it was pretty interesting. Um I had um it was funny cuz I think Marty and Friend were just starting off that they had started they dropped their first mixtape or something like that. And um, I, Marty had heard of me, like you know, my, I, you know, I have a, you know, I've, you know, just based off of the work I had done previously, and probably people knew about me. And I, I don't know, if, I, I feel like my positioning within like Christian hip hop, quote unquote, like within that genre, the subgenre per se, it was weird. Like I was like the producer who was known, who was not known. Hmm. And maybe that was me personally thinking that way. Maybe to other people it was different, but that's what I that, that was my perception of how I was viewed, you know. Um, and you know, as you know, the Christian hip hop community is is very very online based, you know. Uh, I think it's more online based. I mean, these days people are seeing each other's shows and like, you know, they shout out to like the conferences they have, you know. But but anyways, it was um, 
Yeah, you know, I, I messaged uh, Marty. I had followed Marty on Twitter, and I had messaged him. I was like, yo, love what you guys are doing in this work. That was pretty much it. And he was like, yo, I've heard of you. Like, I was going to hit you up. I think he said something like, I was going to hit you up. Because uh, I think Alex uh, Witt, I think Witt had told him about me. Something like that. It was one of those Witt or Draymond. It was one of those guys. But anyways, we was like, oh, we're like, yo, cool. This is, sounds good. He was like, yo, what you got? I sent him like four records. And um, it just so happened that one of those records was the beat for Chocolate Babka. <laughs> Uh, so for, yeah, for Chocolate Babka, and yeah, I was, I was, everything else was a wrap, and we just started working. So Misfits, we did. Um, I think the next project after Misfits was uh, was Rejects. Yeah, Rejects, and I think Rejects had like eight tracks, and I did like six of the tracks on Rejects. Um, and then Misfits too, and then you know it got it got different. Like I would actually make an effort to come out to come out I saw for for Mrs. Still actually came out to Miami to work on that, you know, and I executive produced that album. Um yeah. And then of course the Us album. So yeah, I, I had more of an influence with social clubs on social clubs and music. Mm-hmm. Um back than any other album any other artists I had worked on. So yeah, that's that's pretty much what I was social. Yeah, because I see cause I remember when I first started listening to Social Club Right, like I like I like to look at the producers and see like okay who produced each track because uh, I think I don't know, there's a, there's a, there's something about Christian hip hop producers where I'm like they're they're very there's not that many of them like the mm-hmm. ones and the ones that are the ones that are really good like they they're producing everything right like Gavi is like one of the dopest out there Gavi just Gavi just destroys everything there's Wit who I like I noticed Wit because Wit is Wit has that kind of like kanye-esque like he those soul samples going uh yeah. type deal going and there's him then i started no i started seeing your name on like half of social club stuff so i was like who is this d flow dude uh <laughs> right and so like i followed you followed you on twitter and stuff um uh, which actually led to me meeting you which is interesting but like yeah. did did you ever feel like do you ever feel like your music has an impact on people or do or do you or is it one of those things of like you don't re- you don't really notice it or um, do you think about how many people have heard your tracks or what? I'll tell you this. I never noticed until I went to a social club show. This is out in, um, this is like the first social show I ever went to. As a matter of fact, this is the first time I officially met them. And this was 2000 and I think it was 2012 or 11. I think it was 2000. Yeah, I think it was 2012 um, summer. I was in Orlando, and they had a show. I was vacationing in Orlando, and they had a show in Orlando, and I went to the church, you know, and drove there. And, um, man, that was when I met them for the first time. And, you know, I, I went up to the, like, there was, like, a top bin on, uh, in the church. It was, like, a nice little sanctuary. And people were, like, just rapping all the words of the songs. And I was like, wow, like, is that real? <laughs> you know, that was when I really understood, like, your people really, you know, it's easy to hide behind the laptop and say, hey, you're inspiring me. But then it's another thing to actually watch somebody face to face and that person tells you, yo, like, your stuff is super dope, you know, and, and that's pretty much what that experience was. That is being out there at the show, you know, and um, that was pretty cool, man, you know, and a couple of other times, you know, I've been to other shows and, you know, prior to that time, I had never really been in anywhere, in, in any places where my songs had been performed live, songs that I had produced, I was responsible for, because I was like, so I produced like, the second track, the, like the track seven on the album, you 
know, trying mm-hmm. to try it. But with social, I'll do all the records. So, um, so yeah, it was, it, was, it was pretty cool. So, like, when they when they performed ch- uh, Chocolate Babka, like, just the reaction was like, yo, this is crazy. Like, these oh, yeah. people are going, yeah, you know. I, am, I, I remember my first time, uh, actually, like, um, well, it was actually my second time seeing Social Club Live, but it was my first time seeing them perform Chocolate Babka, to which, like, as soon as that, that hook came in, like, the whole place erupted to where, like, I was like, I don't know if I can survive this crowd the way they're going. They're going crazy like this, but I feel like it, I feel like it would be interesting, right, to like be, um, be uh, be either a music producer or, or um, rap or make music to any extent. I think that's one of the reasons why I enjoy podcasting or I enjoy blogging is because I like putting a product out there and I like seeing people's reactions to it and I and I kind of enjoy that type of thing. And when it comes to when it when it comes to even social clubs music specifically, like or even actually music in general specifically, like the the idea of of being a producer, right, and and seeing um, somebody or like imagining somebody like vibing out to your track, right, let alone like hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people, right. Like I still remember um, when when me and my friends first heard we have overdose, right. Um, and Angry Management was one of the tracks that we were vibing out to, and I remember, like, um, well, one of my friends was actually making fun of Angry, Man- Angry Management, because, like, because Lecrae's going super hard on it, and, right, he was, and my friend was, like, just going hard to the hook, and, right, and, and I forgot how it goes, but he was, like, doing the lyrics super hard and stuff, and, like, those, those, those songs shape memories for us, right, and I'm sure they've done that for a lot of other people, um, uh-huh. and even with Social Club, like, from, Social Club, to me, is, maybe my second favorite Christian, I don't know if I can say Christian artist because they're two people, but like, like it goes, yeah. for me, it goes Andy Mino, then Social Club, right? Those are like the two ones that are like, like the ones for me, right? Uh, yeah. And even Misfits is probably, I'm, I might have to type this out, but if I had, to, if I had to choose my top 10 albums, like period, Misfits would probably be in my top 10. I, wow. I, I think they would be my, I think it would be my top 10. Cause like Misfits is one of those albums where I'm like that has it has no bad songs to me, um, yeah. Yeah, and even oh yeah that's Misfits sick. goes so hard that Misfits and Summer of George are like the like the two cuts to where I can play those like whenever, mm-hmm. um, and like Wolf like Wolfie Pack if you if if uh, you're listening to this podcast and you need songs to recommend to listen from Social Club, Wolfie Pack which I think was produced by by T Wyla, um. Yeah, T-Wiley, yes. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, Wolf Wolfpack was hard. Chocolate Bobka, of course. Uh, Straight Terrible. Was that produced by you or Gavi or who? Straight Terrible. Um, I think that was... I can't remember, man. I think... Was that Ray King? I don't know. I don't know. It was somebody. I feel like it had some, like, dubstep type stuff going on, so I, I felt like it was Gavi, but I'm not even sure. I think that was... I, that, I think that was Ray King, actually. Ray King. Uh, that uh, Glow in the Dark... Uh, which is the ones that like the one that like all my friends loved because it had that poppy thing going on, going on with it. I think that was Gavi. Yeah, that was going Duckers. That was Gavi. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Bang from Summer of George. Yeah, Art Vandalay, yeah. Summer of George. Like, yeah. there's so many songs I can recommend. I can recommend for the Social Club because like like Social Club is one of those one of those um, groups that like kind of defines my 2012 2013. Right. That was one of the, that was some of the songs I listened to the most. Um, and so let's let's move on from that. Um, I had another question here that I wanted to ask you. Um, how to be cool? 
so what's the deal with yeah. how to be cool what is how to be cool how'd you get started with how to be cool where'd that idea come from man how to be cool is my brainchild like i, I was um I remember being on, on, on campus um, in 2000 and um, I think 2012, and I just thought to myself, man, I need something else. Like, you know, I uh, I make music, cool. You know, what else? You know, and I'm a pop culture enthusiast. Like, I watch TV shows. I'm into movies. I love. Like, I don't. I'm, I'm yet to find somebody with a larger um, a larger music library than I have. Uh, and I'm not talking about streaming talking about actually owning the music you know mm. um streaming shout out to apple music i just really, i got into that recently um so how many songs but, do you have on your itunes though like let's just put it like this i have at least 100 gigabytes plus to oh. 200 yeah you gotta beat never mind <laughs> put it my external hard drive like i literally had to start deleting albums because now i have streaming you know um but yeah, you know, I'm just I'm an enthusiast. I love I just love pop culture. Like I love art. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm not necessarily like the craziest. Like like I love technology with a passion. However, like I'm not like some like tech like fanatic or you know what I'm saying. I don't go all out. However, I, but I can tell you a few things. Like I I know enough to be dangerous. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> so you know, as far as technology is concerned, um, you know, um, art. You know, music entertainment tv not not celebrity gossip not none of that stuff but just you know just cool just all around cool stuff and i just figured to myself yo why don't you create and then i used to check a lot of websites out so i was like yo why don't you just create something about it so um i prayed and i woke up the next morning and i had the idea how to be cool and you, if you know the internet well you understand the idea of like searching for um, domain names you don't just go online and find a how to be cool for some random reason, I found it, and I got it, and I purchased the name, and that was pretty much it. So it is like it's it's my little like for me personally, you know. And uh, I always encourage all my writers to write about things that are like cool to them. But personally, for me, you know, I'm just I'm just like vibing, like you know. It's for me, it's what's cool to me. I post. I like I might see some stuff that's cool to me, and I post it. You know. Mm-hmm. However, uh, these days I'm starting to understand the importance of like being really opinionated and thought. You know, what I'm saying I mean I've always known it, but now actually putting it out on like on like internet paper, as I like to call it. You know, what I'm saying and actually just speaking about you know just stuff. You know, and original content. You know, so yeah, that's how to be cool, man. How to be cool is everything cool. You know, in a website. You know, pretty much. And for the people listening, it's how the number two uh, number, be cool. Number two be cool. Yeah, yeah. So that's very. It's, it's a nice grab for for like for a name. Uh, it's pretty. It's pretty awesome to be able to get that too. And that's also. I also write for how to be cool for the people listening. Um, yeah. Do a lot of video game stuff. Uh, yeah. Do some rap stuff. Um, and basically, I write about whatever is interesting to me. I wish I could do it more often, but like now. Nowadays I'm booked, and so I just be I'm able to do it when whenever I can. It's probably like once every maybe like week or two or three or four, uh, whenever like whenever I get the chance to. And so um, check out howtobecool.com. Um, what else? Oh, I was even gonna say like how to be cool is actually how I met you, right? And so like, uh, I think it was E3 two years ago. I just noticed, you know, that's funny because like a few years ago, I um, 
so every so often when people follow me, you know, I, I'll take a peek just to see if I'll be interested in following them back. And um, they followed me and, you know, I was like, okay, cool. A Nigerian dude in Chicago. Let's see what he's about, you know. And I noticed you were posting about E3 and I was like, huh. <laughs> like, you know, like. Oh, yeah. Like stuff like that, like stuff like like I go to free, like I'm going to freaking Comic Con in July. Like I was Dude, I'm going Comic- to Comic Con too. I'm going to Comic Con um, here in Seattle. I was in Comic Con in January. Which one? Me was it Comic Con uh, Miami or something? No, Magic City Con actually. Magic Magic City Con. That's uh, it's like a mini Comic Con. Yo, I met Ric Flair, bro. Dude, that's crazy. Yo, Ric Flair, Michael J. White, Hodor from Game of Thrones. Freaking the original guy who played Darth Vader. Dude, oh, dude, I went to um, I went to an anime con like a couple days ago. I, I saw you. I saw you. Uh, wait, do I follow you on Snapchat? Yo, I, I think I follow you on Snapchat. It, it might be either Snapchat or Instagram. I post on both. Yeah, I, I saw something. I saw something. I saw you like posting, and I was like, "Yo, this dude's having mad fun." Oh yeah. I, I wish I could make it. Like, I love stuff like that. Like. Yo, I got like a, a nice little collection of comics, like of comic books out there. Oh, uh, by the way, I was gonna say I, I I noticed the DC Legends of Tomorrow poster you got going on. Have you watched the show yet? Have you, you finally know, watched it? I like the poster. I actually got that at, at Magic City Con. <laughs> I watched it. I don't know, man. It's I'm still iffy about it. I'm still on the second episode. Oh. Uh, you know what? Well, you know, there's only so there's only so much corny you can take in. You know, and yeah, it's 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 I don't know. I'm the still, Flash I'm still, is corny too, though. Well, Flash is super corny. However, Flash is you know, Flash is Flash, man. I'm, I'm enjoying Flash. Like every like all the shows on CW, super super corny. Oh, did you know? Like right now, they're doing the Flash, um, Cross Supergirl episode. I, I know. I need to see that, and I hate Supergirl. I don't yeah, I, don't, I haven't seen any of it. I have a strong dislike for Super. I just so corny, yo. Like it's just so like, especially when you compare like Supergirl with like Jessica Jones. And I know people say don't compare because it's two different shows, but for crying out loud, they're two female superheroes. And yeah, with super strength. Somebody had I had one of my writers had a very compelling argument. She was like, "Look, Supergirl's for my baby sister who wants to be a superhero." I'm like, "Okay, that's understandable." However, when you put two of them together. And we get serious with the whole those comparisons. It's like one of them apologizes for being a girl for a woman, like oh for being a woman, like oh you know women never get. And the other one just doesn't give. She just just doesn't care. Like it's just it's not even mentioned that oh she's a woman. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like she she's just who she is. Like nobody cares. She does what she wants. She rocks the same jeans. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh yeah, Jessica Jones. Yes, Jessica Jones is beast. Have you seen? Have you seen the new Daredevil season? Yo, I, I'm on I'm on episode one. I'm actually oh. like I finished it the other day. So good. I had the Punisher. So good, dude. <laughs> the Punisher, the best <laughs> like, character in that really? show, and the, probably the best might be the best character in any superhero show. Like you need, you need to watch it. Is that the Punisher comic? No, oh, no, that's Power Rangers. Classic, still in the rapper, bro. Still in the rapper, dude. That's I didn't realize they made Power Ranger comics. I didn't realize until I went to freaking Magic City Comic Con, bro. I have <laughs> Dave, I have X Man, Emperor Vulcan. It's crazy. Dang. I have X Man, Emperor Vulcan, uh, Volume One of Five. 
I have freaking giant size volume one. This is like one of one. Dude, that is awesome. I have Phoenix uh, War Swords, like one of one, too. <laughs> Crazy stuff, bro. I just went out there and like go beast out, man. <laughs> Dude, that is sick. Yeah, bro. See, that's why I'm, af- I'm afraid to go to these cons because I'm going to spend all the money I own. It's, but that's the thing, though. It's not even that expensive. Like, they had like racks. These were like a dollar, bro. So like they had a rack of like forty, like, and you you could pay less for it. Hmm. Huh. But, um, but I'm excited for Comic Con because I go yeah. in like a few weeks now. It's, I have to go to one in San Diego. That's when I know I've made it. That's oh I'm yeah, like. that's that's the one where it's like where it's like I'm I'm done now. I don't have to go anymore after you go to that one. I finally watched Deadpool too. Oh, you finally? How do you how do you feel about it? Loved it, dude. Deadpool is so good. Loved it, loved it. But yeah, man, you know, Dude, have you seen Batman vs Superman? No, I'm not gonna watch it. The movie's straight up garbage, bro. <laughs> I watched the I watched the opening night. That movie is hot trash. I'm so, I was I, like I don't I don't even know how to. I mean, it's Zack Snyder. I'm, I don't respect Zack Snyder. But like the thing is, there's good parts about it though. It's where like yeah. it's it's hot trash, but like there's parts of it to where I'm like, okay, at least. I'm glad I saw this because I probably wasn't going to get this anywhere else where like just like just the existence of it is kind of is kind of awesome like in some of the stuff that goes down is kind of awesome but like as a whole that thing just it's not what's up if you if you like if you like Batman or you like Superman I'd say still watch it but like I'll watch it I'm just not going to go and watch it in the movie theater like oh yeah I'll... oh yeah you don't have to watch it in the theater I feel like, see, people who go to movie theaters to watch movies, I hope, like, the last useless, dumb movie I watched in movie theater was Ninja Turtles, and I promised myself oh. I'd never do it. That's, you had, but you had to know that Ninja Turtles was about to be not good. Marty, oh, my fact, it was Marty that made me go do that. Oh, yeah, as soon as I saw the trailer, I was like, yeah, this is not gonna be, gonna be what's up. But yeah, Batman v Superman was hot trash, but, but... It's it's still watchable, but it's like actually I won't say it's hot trash because it's not it's 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 very okay. Actually, I'll say that, but it's it's disappointing. It's it's disappointing is a better word for it because it's not a bad movie, um, but it's not what you want, right? Like Marvel is doing everything better. Like it's it's not it's not the Marvel movies. It's not Dark Knight. It it tries. I think it tries to walk like a balance between both, and it just fails. Yeah, they should have just made it just. Effortless. They, they could have just yeah. made it have a good plot. To be honest, is they did simple, they did bad things that were like you could have gotten this right easily, but they just decided to just I don't know write some hot trash. But mm-hmm. yeah, man, yeah. I, I every time I think about that movie, I get, I get a slightly bit more upset because this was supposed to be the movie, but I guess that movie is gonna have to be Civil War. Mm-hmm. Yo, look. I hope Civil War lives up to it. But what I just feel like is Marvel is going to... Last year, I was, like, so happy. I was like, whoa, DC's about to, like, come up with, like, some gems, you know? But Marvel is going to show DC that, look, we do this. Marvel's been doing that for, like, years at this point. They're literally sunning DC all the time. (laughs) Like, literally, like, ever since the first Iron Man, Marvel's just been like, like, this is how you make movies. And we're going to show you how to make movies every single year, three times a year. And he's been much. doing that over, over and over again. 
Like even like yeah. there there are some Marvel movies that I don't like, but even the Marvel movies that I don't like, mm-hmm. they're like they're decent. Like it's not like they're like bad or it's not like it's not like Avengers is a bad movie, right? When like when Marvel has to get it right, they get it right. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like like Ant Man, like pe- people love Ant Man. I didn't really like Ant Man, but even if Iron was good, you know, I've not watched it yet. I doubt that I want to watch it to be honest, but Iron was pretty cool. Yeah, Ant Man was alright. Like it was, I I didn't really like it that much, but it was alright. But even if it even though Ant Man's alright, Ant Man doesn't have to be amazing because it's Ant Man. You yeah. know, like it's not it's not like Avengers, it's not like Iron Man three to me was trash though, but like besides yeah. that and I don't like the Thor movies either. But like Marvel gets it right enough enough of the times to where I'm like yeah. it's forgivable. Yeah. Marvel Marvel's cool, man. They always get it right. Yeah. Um but I was gonna talk to you about one more. Th- oh yeah, so uh, let's talk about your music for a little bit. So you're you're working on an album, right? Yes, I am working on my album right now. Um, I think 2000, um, 2012, uh, not two thousand sixteen was just that year where I was like, you know what? I am going to not work for nobody else until I take care of myself, and. Um, that's pretty much where I am right now. I'm taking care of myself, and I, I honestly cannot wait to drop the music. Like the reviews have been insane. Like everybody who's heard, I've just just two singles, and everybody's like, "Yo, what is that? We need to hear it." <laughs> and I'm super excited about it. Like I'm ultra excited. About it. I feel like I'm gonna like, I I don't know if I'm gonna surprise people. Um, I really I'm not that I I don't mean to sound like careless, but I honestly do not care. <laughs> you know I'm. <laughs> obviously pushing for a different crowd you know I'm, I'm pushing more for a mainstream crowd now like like I said you know earlier like I just don't consider myself a Christian artist or none of that I am I'm just I'm just an artist and I'm a Christian and Christianity is my identity music is not my identity you know what I'm saying so music happens to be something I do you know a gift God has given me, so I'm just here you know, pushing that, you know what I'm saying. But yeah, the music is dope, man. And it's gonna speak for itself. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm responsible for all the production. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's. I'm super excited for it. I'm really, 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 really excited. I can't wait. How would you describe it? It's it's just art. It's not too. It's not super like abstract where you don't get it. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not no life of Pablo. <laughs> like, oh, how did was, you feel about life of Pablo? By the way, we never talked about that. I love it. I actually love it. It's not as personally. I don't think it's as cohesive as um, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. However, it's a great album. I think it's a dope album. And in the words of Kanye, it's a living, breathing work of art that keeps changing. <laughs> I don't know about that. Kanye just be saying stuff just so like he can like cover cover his tracks because Kanye can literally say anything. And it goes like you can't argue with him because he's Kanye. But he put himself there, though. That's the thing. That's how you got to see. He placed himself in that. It's all positioning, and he understands how to do that. You know. Um, but yeah, it's it's dope, man. But um, but back to the album, though. It's it's super dope. Like, I just I'm excited. I have this one song called "Houses in London," mm. and uh, I've been posting snippets like, and that's my way of like shooting out small bits of promotion. Like I've been posting snippets on like little snippets on like Snapchat. And Instagram, and the response has been all people hear is houses. I, I hear people hit me up and they're like, "Yo, houses on in London." I'm like, "Yo, you've not even heard the full thing." They're like, "Yo, I already <laughs> like the I'm in love with it." And that's the one song that, by the second hook, you already know the hook. 
Yeah. It's that catchy. It's one of them ones. It's one of them ones. Like, I'm so... (laughs) If nobody... If the hype around it, if nobody had, like... Like, I've played it in so many places. Like, studios, like... And the response is insane. That's the thing. Like, if it wasn't, then I'll, like, I'll keep quiet about it. But even the standards that I'm pursuing musically are just so, like, different. They're not, like... You know, they're so... It's mainstream, I guess. Yeah, I, I, like, you played for me um, a few of the songs, right? And it sounded... It had a lot of different vibes, right? Like, like yeah. some of the songs, like... To me, sounded sounded a little more more Drake. A couple other them, a couple other other songs sounded more like Nigerian, um, yeah. sort of flavor to it. And like, there, like there's different there's different stuff in there, but it all still sounds like cohesive, right? It's cohesive. Like, and uh, there's look. Let's be honest. We're at a point where Nigerians are winning right now. If you check out the fader, you know Nigerians are winning. Oh yeah, the Vito Wizkid, you know what I'm saying? Like Wale who is even more in tune with the culture these days, you know? So I'm just here, like, I'm trying to play my own part. Like, I'm trying to see how can I bridge the gap between um, the U.S., like, sort of like what Drake did for Toronto. Like, I'm like, how can I do this for Nigeria, for my city, for Lagos City? And that's genuinely how I see it, you know what I'm saying? I feel like the music will speak for itself. And, you know, I understand the culture out here as well as I understand the culture in Nigeria and Lagos. And just a little bit of the British culture too. So you know, what I'm saying it's like English culture is because I, I I lived in England for a while. So just putting mm-hmm. those two things together, it's like okay, let's make something out of this. So that's pretty much where I'm at, you know. That's awesome, yeah. man. Why does yeah. every Nigerian live in England for a while? I don't know, man. I don't know. We're we're just we 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 travel, man. Nigerians Nigerians have too much swag, bro. That's just, that's just what it is. Like I feel like I have to be the only Nigerian that's never been to England before. Oh, you're not. You should. Like, like my my whole family's been to England except for me. Like I have cousins in England and stuff, but I haven't been there. I think so. England is cool. I just I'm just not uh, crazy. I'm not crazy about it like that. No. no. All right. Well, uh, I guess we'll, I guess we'll wrap it up now. So, um, did you have anything else you want to plug? Um, they can follow you on Twitter at at what? Follow me on Twitter at it's Daramola. That's I T S D A R A M O L A. So that's I T S D A R A M O L A. It's Daramola. Same thing on Instagram. It's Daramola. Um, SoundCloud, Daramola. Um, Facebook, Daramola. Like everything's Daramola, you know. And I'm currently rebranding my website, just redoing everything. And um, it's going to be Daramola.co. You know, for hmm. people who want to check it out, it's, you know, I think I have the weigh-in page right now up or something like that. So, now nah, check it out, man. Um, and just, man, it's, it's, there, stuff is about to happen, you know, and I'm super excited about it. I just love for people to be a part of it, too. And, um, yeah, so that's pretty much it. And I'm going to be dropping a bunch of singles. The album's coming out um, April. You know, I'm super excited about it. And, you know, about to make a movie. Awesome, man. Make, wait, make, you're about to make a movie? I mean, like, you know, a movie. Figure speech. Oh, I gotcha. Gotcha. I, was, I thought you meant literally for that. I was like, I was like, oh, hold up. <laughs> oh, easy. It's for you trying to do everything. I do, man. But, um, yeah, man. Pretty awesome. Much. Awesome, man. Um, well, once again, The People is a show about people. Uh, every day we pass by people in the street. We see people on the bus. We work with people, yet we don't really know who these people are. And so... 
That is why The People is a show that aims to delve into the lives of the people that we share this world with. If you like that, then you can go find our show on iTunes or your preferred podcast service. If you like updates on the show, then you can follow me at BlessingJR on Twitter. That's at BlessingJr on Twitter. This was episode two. Um, Darren Molot, thank you for joining me. Man, you're welcome. Thank Um, you for having me. And for everyone else, have a good day. We'll see you next episode. The people, 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 the people.